Welcome to Hashtag Wolves on the ninth episode of the season. I'm your host, Noah, and as always, I'm here with my co-host, Will in the Wolves Den. How are we doing? You know, Noah, morale is low. Wolves stock is also low. But in this episode, the takes are hot, so let's just get right into it. In this episode, we're covering three games, a road trip for the Timberwolves this week. On Monday, we played the Warriors on the road. Wednesday, we played the Kings. And then last night, we're recording on a Sunday, by the way. Last night, we wrapped up this chunk of the road trip against the Suns. And starting with that Golden State game on the road, we took a loss, 116-108. And it was kind of a... I wouldn't say like a classic Golden State Wolves game, but it's it's really easy to get up for the Warriors. And having only lost by eight, you'd say like, wow, they're kind of the dominant team in the NBA. That's pretty solid. But you definitely want to start out the week on a hot note. And I think we caught the Warriors at a time where they're streaking right now. Draymond returned for this game. Steph has had some groin injury issues. And now it seems like he's fully healthy and he really he really led them. Um, he had 38, Durant had 22, and Clay had 26. So I said Draymond came back, but it's like his impact wasn't felt scoring wise as much as those other guys. And a similar point is all does all this even matter, right? Like it's the Warriors, so. right? Right. So that's kind of their side of things. I I mean I think we just got beat by a better team, but on the Wolves side, uh, Towns played well. He had 31 and 11. Wiggins had 20. Some people have been looking at kind of his past streak of four games as a sample for him being more aggressive. All around solid. It's It's been better. I, I think it's just, it's been the a version of Wiggins that we hope to see. You know, mm-hmm. we, we had a conversation last week, so I'm not going to berate it, but I, I think he's a, he's a worthwhile member of our team recently, but four games is four games. Mm-hmm, exactly. So with Cat getting 31, Wiggins getting 20, and Rose getting 21 on 8 of 18 shooting, that's some really solid offense, but you know, I we have some high expectations for this team now, and I mean, kind of preview. We went zero and three on the week, so uh, it's hard to look at this game as kind of a moral victory because it was close. Or look at a single game alone, right? Like mm-hmm. we had a pod after the Warriors games. I think a Warriors loss is pretty normal, and the day goes on, right? Right. But when it's a part of an zero and three thing, you definitely sort of package it together in a pile of crap yes exactly yeah a couple other things i'd point out about this game obviously the wolves kept it close only losing by eight at the end but the warriors jumped out to a 12-0 run and i don't think we ever really punched back from that and rose despite his you know good night offensively and going on eight of 18 shooting him being out there with the matchup problems that the warriors already pose kind of compounded that because he can't really check Steph or Clay, and with the amount of times they run guys off screens, it was it was just a problem. Even though his offense was going, yeah. If you're gonna, I don't know. If the one thing you're gonna get mad at in this game is Rose, then there's obviously a problem given the situation that he had to handle in this game. So honestly, it eight points is almost a moral victory against Golden State. Yeah, which. You know, it's it's hard to look at it that like within the context of the week, but yeah, in a vacuum, I if kind you of agree. It in a model with how we've been playing on the road, Golden State at home. Did you do that, by the way? <laughs> you know, we can get it going. But yeah, right. <laughs> I got a free day at work tomorrow. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but then it, the prediction, I, I, I don't know what the line was, but eight sounds pretty like accurate. Lines up right. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I guess, I'm really stuck on this whole zero and three thing and how it pulls this game south 
Well, legitimately how I thought about this game, it was coming off the Blazers loss. Um, Covington, I don't think was a hundred percent healthy. He went like two of seven shooting or something. And I was kind of like, let's see how we do against the Warriors. And hopefully we can kind of bring some semblance of momentum forward to Sacramento. And I was going to sort of frame everything within the context of the last two games because I sort of assumed the Warriors was going to be a loss. Yeah, and I think it's important to note that I think Cub is playing hurt. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, right? Like, Hopefully this this type of play is only when he's hurt. Mm -hmm. So I think that helps put a little bit of a silver lining, but you can't write off 0-3 or a loss to the Suns with some sort of narrative that we usually do. Right, right, exactly. And some of the people, some of the story on Covington from his days in Philadelphia is he's kind of a streaky player. So whether he's hurt or not, maybe we're seeing some of that streakiness kind of manifest itself. Um, But that was the Warriors game. And then, you know, hopefully it was like we played them solid. Maybe we can play just as good of D or produce better against yeah, the Kings. Yeah, you lose eight to Golden State, get a night's rest, and head to Sacramento. You don't think you're going to lose to them by 11. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's, there's variance in these things, but you think we have a new team now that where the expectation is you can go and pick up these road wins. You know, it, it was the perfect opportunity to... This was sort of, I feel like, the inflection point insofar as you've been playing terrible on the road, but you can write that off with the new roster, Jimmy Butler... And then you lose to Golden State, whatever. It's Golden State, only lost by eight. So I felt like this is kind of where you, you know, pass someone on the turn. Mm -hmm. And it all sort of blew up, obviously, in retrospect. But even in just retrospect of this game. That being said, Sacramento did shoot out of their minds, right? Yeah. But to some degree, don't you allow that to happen? Yeah, it's kind of like they, they clearly had a hot shooting night, but some of it... Some of it is on the Wolves' defense, which is always funny when you talk basketball. Like their offense, like you know, their offense exploded. Well, what kind of defense were yeah, they is playing 141 against? Is a good offense or a bad defense? You have to think at the level of 141. Odds are it's both. Mm-hmm, exactly, and they push the pace like crazy. Because unless you're the Warriors or the Rockets or an elite offensive team, scoring 141 sort of by your own volition is very rare so i think we definitely handed something to him and vice versa we scored 132 so when you look at the stat sheet it makes it look like wow how we not win this because everyone shot well obviously wiggins going 10 for 15 i think is solid one takeaway pretty much everyone shot well but teague went three for 11 and then rose had 20 in 22 minutes so if you just said that in a vacuum would be a little different of course belly drops 25 on us because he's playing the wolves wolves revenge game it's classic it's a total like sports talk radio thing where they're always i feel like we're a little less uh down on oh my gosh minnesota sports curse forever type things well we only have to cover one so yeah, we're only yeah. burdened with one franchise <laughs> we'll get there but my point is that I think we're a little less like, oh, whenever we trade away, you know, someone, they become the best or, you know, we can never, whenever we start to go on a hot streak, to, like David Ortiz and, and like trade the boss, mm. like it's just, it's almost like we have these like we're haunted or something. Yeah. I don't believe that, but I, I do think Belly has found the role that he was meant to play in Sacramento and it's, it gives you like a pit in your stomach a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. It'd be nice to have him, but Happy for him. It goes 25. <laughs> it goes for 25. Yeah, and in the end, I just want to say, like, he just got outshot, right? I I have a an internal struggle, obviously, with this game between the 141, the 130, but they had 19 threes. There's a lot to, to break down. But 
a loss is a loss with this team. And I think we're, this is something we're supposed to eke out. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I was hearing some coverage of the game during the week or like breakdown on local sports talk, who does believe a lot in the wolf, you know, like in the wolves revenge game stuff, but the Kings roster, I don't think has more talent than the wolves. So it's sort of hard to see a team that, you know, through whether it's coaching or just how guys are motivated that they're, you know, that they're outplaying us. I don't, I don't think anyone on their roster is better than Cat or, you know, the way Rose is playing or Wiggins' level of talent. So, yeah, you, you go through Buddy Heald, Belly, was it Collie Stein's been playing better than he has? De'Aaron Fox is De'Aaron like the Fox one big is standout. Borderline all star. So, there's a lot there where I feel like they're punching above their weight. I agree. And it would have been nice to be the like popping the bubble. Mm hmm. But I, I guess not this night. Mm-hmm. And then that transitioned. That Great transition to Phoenix. Transitioned yeah. into Phoenix, and we sort of kept the vibe going. So, you know, losing to the Warriors by eight is a little different than we're losing to the Suns by eight. So, yeah, we just didn't have any excuses here. We were watching the game a little bit, and it seemed like when you did look, the, we were just consistently down the whole game. It wasn't a back and forth. It, it did, I don't know. I, I think by the end of the first half, like, we could definitely lose this, right? Yeah. So Taj was out for personal reasons, but that isn't eight points or that isn't, you know. <laughs> no, he's he's not. the. We held them like fine defensively. I just think we didn't put a run together that kind of pushed us over the top. And clearly we had scoring from Towns and Rose, and I thought Sarge played well in Taj's absence, but... The, the other thing I want to point out is like, let's let's not undersell who Phoenix is playing right now. So I've got their starters written down. I did a lot of research for this. Um, Bridges, you know, I don't want to botch his first name. So we're just going to like guess on his first name. Bridges, I know it's TJ Warren, DeAndre Ayton. Uh, John De- Bridges. <laughs> Devin Booker and Melton also don't want to guess on his first name. And the one player that's been the most noteworthy for Phoenix this season is Trevor Ariza because of his like three and D trade value. He wasn't playing. So <laughs> like it's these guys and a bunch of guys from the local Y, which in Phoenix must be pretty good because they beat us yeah i don't even, i don't even think you would see time at no the local y. no i don't think i don't think so and it's definitely a different kind of humidity down there too so maybe that played a factor but yeah i just think like my takeaway from this game is we got beat by players who are probably not starting level nba players no and again you just you just can't write anything especially in the scope of and three right that justifies any of this do you, it's sort of a hot take machine, but do you think that this starts up new conversations? I always think about when teams go 0 and 3 and, you know, fired Tibbs things always pop up. Do you think it's, obviously it's based on the record, right? But do you think fans are watching the game and seeing like mistakes by Tibbs or are they just seeing the record and the outcome, things that potentially could not even have to do with the coaching and, you know, ask for his head? I think. Yeah, I think people could definitely just look at the result. And it's totally fair because not all of coaching is just X's and O's decisions. Like everybody who talks about Tibbs or, you know, or knows his pedigree or knows him says like this guy knows basketball like crazy. But if you're not getting your players 
motivated or focused or, you know, they're clearly having an issue on the road. I think it's totally fair to drum up some, you know, uh, coach, legitimate coaches criticism. Yeah. And to have a rebuttal to almost my own point, I think at some point the record over and three probably doesn't, you know, if Steve Kerr loses three games in a row, there shouldn't and won't be any discussion around him losing his job. Mm-hmm. But when you wrap it up with the Wolves getting this new vibe, this happening, like I think there's a little bit of a honeymoon with Sarge and Cove, mm-hmm. and now we're starting to that's fading away, and at the same time we're going zero and three, right? So I think the combination of all those things is coming to like a T, right? Right. So I'm I'm never the best at saying like doing the trade machine or the speculation or the you know you know we don't have the locker room rumors that. Tibbs is out or anything, but obviously there's some new fuel for the fire here. Yeah, just to yeah delve a little bit more into kind of your fire Tibbs inquiry is I think you have to look a lot of at a lot of this under the context of what Glenn Taylor's expectations are. And obviously we don't know that, but it's like, okay, we had this big pivot in our season with acquiring Covington and Saric. Our expectations to make the playoffs, maybe not our expectations to beat Phoenix on the road. Absolutely. You know, so that's, that's so, one thing. It's almost an embarrassment. Thing, yes. Right? Like we were wavering around 50% this sense of the whole trade for making the playoffs. And then now I looked and we had dropped to 32. And I think that's what it's more about. Mm-hmm. Like when it's 50% chance, obviously there's a solid chance you won't make it, but it's fun to start being in the race. So if we start to lose enough games that you know that you're going to a basketball game for a non playoff team, mm-hmm. you know, once you get in that like below 20, 10% range, yeah. I think that's when you see Tibbs get fired and when people really stop showing up to an already already low attended game. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So I think it would really snowball into some heat against Glenn and Tibbs. If it comes to that point, I think there's still time to save a lot of these things. Oh yeah. At 32%. That means you still have a good shot of getting it up, but that could change soon. And I think we'll have to see if, Covington is injured or hurt or yeah, because he's a starter and a big, big player for us. And it's not Christmas yet, so you're right. We you don't need to evaluate. You know your stock of this. I'm not going to put a stamp on yet. anything. Yeah, right? right. But it's it's totally fair to wonder if if Tibbs is on the hot seat a little bit. And I saw some tweets about it, not from just our favorite gritty second quarter Wolves tweeters, but like <laughs> some people some people who follow and kind of have media passes. So you know, admittedly slightly more credentialed than us. So <laughs> and yeah, yeah. Surprise, surprise. But uh, you're you got your kind of finger on the pulse there, Noah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, follow up on this, like. 0-3 road trip, why are we so bad on the road? Just kind of spitballing here. What is it about these I trips out west? I thought about this, and I, it's mostly just from like reading secondhand speculation and that people are thinking maybe, well, I think it's true that younger teams mm-hmm. travel worse. Maybe the trade, but the chemistry seems to already be there with Coven Sarge. Yeah. Like Coven Towns are best friends, so it's not like you know they're all sitting awkward and awkward silence on the plane or something and right that's creating some sort of environment yeah i think it, it really has like, to be the young team thing that's the only like sort of tangible me- metric that you can point to is age right mm-hmm. otherwise how do we differentiate our road rec- record from someone else's you know there's but other there are other 
young road teams out there, right? Who are like losing three points on the road, not seven or eight, like we do probably consistently, right? And specifically, so I don't have an answer. <laughs> well, yeah, and specifically the Phoenix game, I thought like, does Taj's like toughness and post spin moves really bring that much to the team? Like, I think he brings tremendous value. But an just amazing doing, locker room guy. Yeah, exactly. Like, is it making that much of an impact? I was kind of looking down our roster, seeing like who are the tough guys that could maybe on the road like bring that sort of grit and edge to a team. Like, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna take this game on the road. It seems mm-hmm. like we got a bunch of soft boys on the Wolves, which I love. Yeah, I don't see Cat giving a like a speech at the hotel before the game. Like, Hey guys, I, I know everyone's like exhausted and from traveling or like, mm-hmm. that's what PUBG group chat is for. We'll, just, we'll all get on the sticks after this and we'll, we'll fix this up over, You're over a quick a battle Royale. Man. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I agree. I don't see him as making like a rah, rah speech. Yeah. Give me your top guy. Who do you think? Maybe Teague just veteran wise. I mean, Covington with, but he's like so new. See, that's, that's kind of why I'm racking my brain thinking like who, who's going to be the guy that's going to step up. We're not even talking about performance on the court, right? Because there's other guys in the NBA who are sixth or seventh men that you would totally say, you know, this is the the rouser, right? Mm -hmm. Rose seems pretty mild mannered. Yeah. yeah, So I think Taj, I think it keeps getting referenced amongst people who do have firsthand access to the locker room, how, how where Taj's value comes in mm-hmm. just with how you can put him in any position and he doesn't, he doesn't care about starting or at least he's outwardly fine with it. Right. And things like that. Um, I think his player value is dropping, but I do think we need to continue to value his leadership because as we've just discussed, there may be an absence of it otherwise. Yeah, exactly. I think it would be, it would definitely be one thing to point to and, and take a look at. Cause like we talked about last episode, we have a lot more games on the road and I think we both agreed that we would go like three and six over the road trip with a couple home games mixed in there. And we did not predict losing to Phoenix, but I would, I would take three and six now, you know, seeing how poorly we're performing on the road. Yeah. And coming back home, I think we're able to remove sort of do a, like a statistical test and saying, is it the road? Is it, are we starting a new, you know, mini era in the season of us just being bad mm-hmm. because if you now go play the Kings at home and lose to them too, then you really start to spark up conversations. Like maybe we just suck. Right. And you yeah. sort of have to adjust the lever of your expectations. Mm-hmm. Like the Suns pick up that win or when the wolves were like a, what a 16 win type team, you they, mean win, they like win a game and it's like, years. Oh, this is cool. Yeah. Like, it, it could shift to that. If this continues, I'm not betting on it right now, but I'm just, it's almost like we forget two, three years ago what being a Wolves fan was like. Right, yeah. Last year was so interesting because it's like, yo, we lost this game, you know, and it's not out of the realm of possibility, but like, I thought we were going to win, you know, and we don't want to see a backslide. I think in my, in like the Wolves life. Yeah, exactly. There might have been periods where we started off the year like sort of 550 or something, but they didn't last. I think Martel Webster had like a tip in 
dunk to start a year like at a buzz or maybe an 08 or something we'll, we'll can you peak in the first game of the yeah we'll we'll fact fact check that but you're right this week is going to be a great test because we play the kings again on the road and the pelicans you know both really solid teams and then we have a, a winnable game against the spurs on the road and then the thunder are going to be tough on the road but yeah i know kind we're of favored great in our next six. three and yep. the next two heavily and so yeah, I think that sort of in the next three games, I do say this a lot, but you will have a, a very clear picture because we'll be able to remove the whole road effect. Mm-hmm. So, well, and not to continue to bash on Phoenix, but a little bit of a divergence from. I mean, they are six and twenty-four after last night. Well, not even that. I'm thinking off the court from basketball issues. Did you hear about their <sighs> owner trying to like negotiate a new stadium and? He was he like threatened to move, but told people it was just like a vague threat. Well, and then it sort of started to phrase itself as, "No, we're not going to leave." Well, we're going to leave if I don't get the hundreds of millions that I need to renovate the Talking Stick Arena. I wonder how these like businessmen or business groups get to these points, and then they have to like run a franchise that has a slight amount of public you know, view, and then they just make these terrible, terrible decisions. Like, these people build themselves up to be billionaires, probably by doing great negotiation tactics, then he's like, yeah, we'll move to Seattle. Like, how did you possibly make all this money doing these terrible negotiations? Seattle might be a bad example because they're literally begging for their team back, but yeah. Right, but just, like, the horrible negotiation tactics. I think there were some, like, town halls where the people... Just the PR aspect Yes, I think CEO is... deviate from pr yes yeah that's true if you if someone puts a microphone in front of an owner see elon musk yeah yeah that's true yeah we have some examples of that but just another reason like how it's terrible to lose to phoenix top is embarrassing right yeah we usually get to come on here and you know say that we're super smart and we know the seven silver linings for why this happened but like no you just lost to yep, a terrible team exactly who's trying to leave your city yeah we're not too woke to uh what's going on in phoenix right now um any other thoughts on the on the week past or upcoming um i think let's see i think it's fine i'm so hesitant to say this because <laughs> it's nuts. just i think it's fine because Right now, we're talking about the difference between an 8 and a 10 seed, right? Mm-hmm. Now, it's fun to make the playoffs, but I think even more so than last year, we're setting ourselves to get absolutely destroyed in the first round, right? I, I, I don't know I, if I, I agree, but go ahead. I think, okay. But I think it's I think it's different. Like, would you rather drop from the 1 seed to the 7 seed or, you know, the 7 seed to the 13 seed, right? Yeah. You know, from if you're looking like before and after the All Star break or something, mm-hmm. it's a pretty dumb silver lining. But I just were we even relevant in the first place? Are you saying like we weren't gonna make some noise in the playoffs? Anyways, if you're not a top four team in either conference. Like, what are the chances anymore of even shaking up the NBA lives? I see that. My counterpoint to that is Wiggins and Towns. Towns specifically is getting better and. I think playoff experience is at a premium. And with the way the West is this year, I could see the Warriors like being a three seed and then just destroy, you know, deciding to turn it on in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. So I think things are going to shake up a lot right now. Like Denver's playing really well. The Clippers got out to a 
got out to a hot start, but there might be a one seed that like LOL got the one because the Rockets had to play catch up and Golden State wasn't trying. So you could you could make it into the playoffs and make some noise or get a matchup. Yeah. And to your point, even 538 acknowledged uh, the importance of playoff experience. They added it actually into their model so because they noticed every year and running past years that like LeBron would bring out like a random Cavs team mm-hmm. and then somehow make this this run in the playoffs. Yeah. And they sort of added up the number of like playoff games or minutes that players have played and use that once the playoffs start. So I think if you're looking two years ahead or well two playoffs ahead, yes, then your point is completely valid in mm-hmm. in that what Cat and Wiggins or really anyone on our team needs more playoff minutes right or, or anyone who we're depending on in the future right mm-hmm. and and we should say there there may be like some salary implications or pick implications with making or missing the playoffs and obviously that record stuff but you, you know you, you pose a valid question like what's the point of making the playoffs what's the point of missing the playoffs you know oh you, you, right and it's also just fun for the city that you know we oh we had the first time in the playoffs in 13 years well i kind of want to get back i don't want to go on another 13 year drought so yeah and we could easily start to get into that pocket where tanking would look terrible when you're good enough to not be in the conversation and then also miss the playoffs you right know? i think that's common in the west when it's like oh if we would have won two more games we would have been the three seed mm-hmm. how nice yeah so. exactly hopefully hopefully we pick up a dub this week so we we can uh talk about something else other than tanking because this week had me feeling some type of way yeah i honestly just want to like put my potential fears for the wolves on pause and just Wait three games. Right, and I should point out... <laughs> like, like, holding my breath. Kind yeah, of thing. you didn't have the the wherewithal to do Vorp Speed, and I didn't have any big sports news, so some of our very, very beloved segments aren't even featured in this episode, so... Yeah, once you get a little too invested in a sport, it can really do a doozy on you. Yeah, what do you, what do you know? So, um, anything else to add on the Wolves? I think, I think we've about filled it out. Well, with that... How? How? Thought D Rose would guard Clay, but we couldn't stop Seth. Saw some threes by Belly. Now his shot is V wet. Even almost got Phoenixed. For Jim Pete, I'm so thankful. Wish I could say thank you to Aiden. But we took all three road L's. One taught me Cub. One taught me patience and one taught me jing Now we're so amazing, we've won and we've lost But that's not what Tib sees, so look what we've got Look what we've taught me, and for that I say thank West, thank you, West, thank you, West I'm so f***ing grateful for this conference 